Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I'm so glad you're here. After you listen to this episode, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share. I see that so many of you are listening to and using the Daily Affirmations episodes, and I hope they continue to be tools that you can use for support, encouragement, and strengthening your daily meditation practice. If you enjoy this episode, please consider donating to support this podcast by clicking the link in my Instagram bio at Love Letters and Mixtapes. I want to take a moment to thank the sponsor of this podcast. Snake River Roasting Company is an organic coffee roaster located in the beautiful mountains of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Not only do they roast award-winning coffees, but their mission and commitment to supporting the rights of women farmers around the world are just incredible. I start every single morning with a cup of their Fire on the Mountain organic coffee blend. And if you're anything like me, and you're particular about what you eat and drink and how it's sourced, Snake River Roasting Company has a free shipping code for you to give their delicious coffee a taste. Head to their website, snakeriverroastingco.com, and use the code COFFEELOVE at checkout for free shipping on all domestic coffee orders. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So for this week, I actually had a whole episode outlined where I was going to talk about intuition, but I actually decided to hold off for a week or two and touch on something else instead. Believe it or not, I received quite a bit of feedback on my previous episode, which was episode nine, surviving the apocalypse and other stories of resurrection. Apparently, I am not the only one going through some things or feeling some big feelings about the last 18 months. There's definitely times when I wish I was a positive vibes only kind of person or a good vibes only kind of girl, but I'm actually more of a dark rainbow cloud combo. And I wouldn't be me if I was ignoring what I'm seeing and feeling in my own life and hearing about from the people around me. And so because of that, the title and topic of this episode is The Feels, Feeling Our Feelings When We're Feeling Them, and The Inconvenience and Necessity of It All. And that title perfectly captures just how cringe it all is, how much I'd love to do anything other than talk about what I'm feeling right now, and yet how utterly necessary it is for our evolution into whatever is coming next. I've often shared on Instagram and even in this podcast about those specific feelings that come up when real love, real kindness, or true compassion enters your life. We like to think that when this happens, we'll receive it with open arms and instantly rise to the occasion. Because isn't this what we've wanted the whole time? Isn't this what we've been waiting for and praying for and asking for? But when it actually happens to us, when that real love walks into the room, it shines a bright spotlight and reminds us of everything in our life that love is not. It reminds us of all the times that we lived without it, that we went without love or compassion or kindness. Reminds us of all those moments when we told ourselves that we just didn't deserve it or thought that we were never going to get it. And it really reminds us of when we settled for less. Well, I've been having some big feelings like that this week, not related to love, of course, but related to cities opening up, people being almost aggressively social again. 
and a big push to return to normal. And on one hand, I totally get it. Life has to go on. Businesses need to reopen. Life has to flow and evolve. But on the other hand, it's been a challenge to suddenly be met with the stark contrast of the very limited lives that we have been living the last 18 months. At least I have. I have some friends who have just been traveling the world, and that's very interesting. (laughs) But I'm talking about the flip of the switch that's going on right now that says everything is back on and open. And it's almost as if the abrupt nature of the awakening is more so the issue for me. There's a little emotional vertigo happening because I'm spinning around and surveying the landscape of my life, and I'm having a hard time finding some balance. All the changes that were made to survive this year, physically, mentally, emotionally, and financially, that I had to adapt to, I had to weave them into my life. I had to say, this is okay, you know, I can do this. They're all shifting again. And now there's this abrupt opening up that I'm almost ashamed to say that I'm not 100% ready for or eager for. Then there's also the emotional toll and inventory of all the things I went without during this time. And it wasn't my loneliness or my sadness that brought those feelings to the surface. Believe it or not, this week it was a FaceTime date with a dear friend to celebrate her pregnancy and just to catch up on life. That's what brought it to the surface. And the most difficult thing that this experience brought up for me, the thing that kept me up the last few nights and made it challenging to be present and focused throughout my day, was that our conversation made me feel like myself. And I had no idea how disconnected from me that I've been. I had no idea the kind of energetic blinders I've had on or the narrow vision inspired by big feelings of fight-or-flight survival mode that we've all been in. I laughed more in our conversation and shared more stories and memories than I have with anyone in a really long time. I not only felt seen, but I felt as if I could see myself again. And it's honestly been really hard to deal with all week. And I've been hit with waves of emotion around meeting up with parts of myself that have been in hibernation for so long. And I'm also hyper aware of how the feelings we don't process can distort so easily. And I don't want to do that. So I'm making space for all of the uncomfortable feelings to sit with me at the table. So here I am talking about all of our feelings and just how gross that can be sometimes. It never happens on our schedule. Am I right? It never happens the way that we think would work best for us. And we're never crossing paths with the right people at the right time to bring the right emotions up for us. It's always inconvenient timing for me. And it's always a thing I'm not ready to call by its right name or talk about with anyone else. And it's always, always brought to my attention and into my consciousness by someone that I would absolutely not choose to have this type of emotional experience with. And it's almost as if God or the universe is on a completely different schedule from me, and they just didn't bother to check in. They didn't bother to ask to see if I was ready or ready for more, or if I would possibly be inconvenienced by all of this new information. And I'm thinking about that so much these days as we collectively emerge from our hibernation. What elements of the last 18 months do I want to continue with and build on? 
What coping methods am I ready to be rid of? What did I learn about myself for the world? What have I forgotten? What am I still unwilling to look at? And what lessons are going to keep popping up until I'm ready to sit down with them and do the work? Bill C. is a pretty epic AA speaker and one of my favorites, and I always love listening to his talks, especially his open AA meeting talks. You can find them on YouTube if you're ever interested to hear more of what he has to say. And recently I listened to one of his shares where he was talking about going to support and sit with one of his sponsees whose parent was dying. And he talked about the intimacy and vulnerability that rises up in these inconvenient moments when we are flooded with feeling and we're just trudging through our stories and we're in fight or flight and we're forced to look at our lives through a new pair of glasses. He said, I can't figure this stuff out. I can't determine that something I do over here is going to affect me way over here or why someone is being sent to me. And this whole intimacy thing The reason I talk about it is because what's happening to me right now, another door has opened, another level, another dimension that I didn't know was there because I can't see beyond my own experience. When I was about two or three years sober, I was sponsoring this guy whose mother was dying and he was standing in my kitchen and she was in the hospital and he gave them my phone number because he knew that that's where he'd be. And they called and he got up to leave and he just wasn't leaving. And I knew what he wanted, and I did not want to go. I'd never seen anybody dying. I didn't think we needed to do that. I mean, we're just lay people, right? There's limitations on what we can do and how we participate. Because I didn't want to get too uncomfortable. And when he wouldn't leave, and I knew what he wanted, I asked him, do you want me to go with you? And he said, would you please? So I went with him and I walked into the room and it was awful. She was hooked up to tubes and it was the end. And I found a chair in the corner of the room and I sat there and I closed my eyes and I breathed and a feeling came over me and the feeling was, there's nothing wrong here, Bill. Everything is okay. This is not a mistake. It's all right. Relax. And I got him to come and sit down with me and I held his hands And I looked in his eyes and I said, it's okay, man. There's nothing wrong. It's all right. And we prayed together and we were holding hands like this. And as we prayed, I felt his hand relax in mine. That's intimacy. It's very quiet. It's subtle as most emotions are. And I miss it all the time. And unless I allow myself to be taken to places that I'm unfamiliar with, the spiritual experience isn't going to happen. It always happens when I'm uncomfortable or I'm in a strange place and I don't know the rules and I don't know what's going on. And who knew that me sitting with a complete stranger would cause me to heal with my dead father? See, you and I can't figure this stuff out. That's why we need to do all of it because we have no idea how we are going to be affected by the actions that we take that seem completely dissociated with what's going on in our lives. Because we're not running the show. This thing is being run by a higher power that has a lot more prescience over the stuff than we do. It's my job to not filter any of it and to just show up for it.
And I loved that talk and I love his message in that share because it's so honest and so vulnerable. And it's such a powerful reminder about the importance of being present with our feelings and how we can transmit that intimacy to the people around us. And when I listen to him speak, I feel as if I am being invited to sit with myself and just observe the feelings that come up for me around change, loss, fear, survival mode, or the particular hell of feeling as if your feelings are so uncomfortable that you can't verbalize them to anyone for fear of being seen at your weakest. When I used to see individual clients and facilitate groups, I'd always encourage people to do their own inventory on their responses and their reactions in order to learn a little bit more about their feelings and fears that come up around certain topics and to better understand how they were coping with similar situations in the present. And if you have time after this episode, I encourage you to do the same. Take a few minutes to reflect on your life and how you've navigated unexpected change, loss, freedom, fear, loneliness, isolation, and anxiety. And if you're having a hard time doing an inventory or meeting your feelings when and where they rise up, I'm going to do you a favor right now. And I'm going to talk about my one big, gross, messy, emotional, shameful, uncomfortable feeling that just keeps rising to the surface and gets louder as the days go by and feels too big to hold in my hands or within my body sometimes. And that feeling is loneliness. That is one of the biggest things that came up for me this year. And it's so hard to talk about, even in a year when people were literally trapped in their apartments alone. I still feel like there's no room to talk about loneliness because you just make everyone uncomfortable. I was actually in Hawaii when the first chatter of lockdowns began, and I flew back to the mainland just in time for stay at home orders. And fortunately, I found myself in probably the gentlest place on earth to write out a pandemic and the rest of the hell dimension that was 2020. And I'm forever grateful for the level of safety and peace that came with being in this city through all of this. But unfortunately, it was actually a city where I didn't know a single person. And it wasn't the sexy traveling around the world and waking up in a city where I don't speak the language, but I'm living my dreams kind of loneliness because I, I love that kind of loneliness. I've done that for decades. That kind of anxiety and loneliness is intoxicating and it's fun and it opens you up to so many new experiences. The kind of loneliness I experienced this year was completely new to me. It felt as if a rude stranger had moved into my home took up a lot of space, occupied all my thoughts, and yet wouldn't answer me. And I always think it's kind of amazing how we can talk about literally anything and everything online or in person, and people will just kind of nod along with us. It's like, live your truth, talk about it. What can't you talk about these days? But you want to know how to clear the room? You want to make people really uncomfortable? Talk about your profound, mind-altering, spirit-crushing feelings of loneliness. Talk about the thing that is most vulnerable and scary and true for so many of us. Talk about the thing that makes you feel as if you're set apart from the crowd, even when there is no crowd around you, and that's part of the problem. Talk about how you've always felt lonely, 
even in rooms filled with people who know you or love you, and yet how you would give anything to trade your current new vibrant level of loneliness with that former feeling of loneliness. Me feeling lonely was never really filled up by constant interactions. I'm definitely more of a quiet loner, but I'm also an observer. I thrive when I'm taking in information, hearing passing conversations, smell, sounds, music, art, just the hum of daily life. It's like a heartbeat that pulses through you in such a consistent and satisfying way that you begin to unknowingly fall in love with the sound. It becomes part of you. It regulates you. It nourishes you. And when it suddenly disappears, you are overwhelmed by its absence. So that's where I am today. Meeting my loneliness every day and coping with the fact that I haven't seen a single person I know face-to-face in 18 months, except for when my sister came to stay with me for a bit. And as difficult as it's been, I know that it has revealed other things to me about what I want in my life, where I want to be, what I want to do for work, what I'm ready to let go of, and what I want to make room for. Nadia Boltz-Weber is a writer and a pastor and also my former summer camp counselor. And yesterday she shared something she had written a few months ago about some pretty uncomfortable feelings and looking at what we'd prefer to turn away from. She said, Dear God who made us all, it feels like the world is about to open back up and I'm both thrilled and kind of scared about that because I'm not who I was a year ago. I want so badly to hug my friends and laugh like hell again and have amazing conversations again, and yet I'm not sure how long I could do any of this before crying or just getting really quiet. My emotional protective gear has worn so thin, and grief just leaks out everywhere now. I'm so afraid that I will never be who I once was, and I'm also afraid that I will be. Not to mention I'm not entirely clear what size jeans I wear as the me I am now. And yet when I quiet my anxious thoughts, I start to suspect that I am now closer to the me you would have always known and always loved. So help me to trust that. As things change, help us be gentle with ourselves and with each other. We are all wearing newborn skin right now. And I love that piece, and I'm so grateful that she shared that yesterday. It was perfect timing because I was finishing my outline for this episode, and I was really self-conscious. No one wants to talk about feeling lonely or cut off from the pack. It makes you feel as if there's something wrong with you, as if I've done something wrong. And I'm not taking into account that this year was incredibly difficult for a lot of people. Like I haven't failed in some way if I'm having a hard time. The name of this podcast is Love Letters and Mixtapes. And the inspiration for that was a desire to write, share, and talk about the things that our younger selves needed to hear whether that was 30 years ago, three years ago, or yesterday. And if I was going to write a love letter to my younger self about uncomfortable feelings rising to the surface, it would probably go something like this. The whole world is going to tell you that it's important for you to share your feelings. They're going to say it to you at school, at work, and in your relationships. And when you finally do share some of your most uncomfortable feelings, they're going to say, it's good that you shared your feelings, but maybe just not like that. And yet it's the inconvenience, the messiness, and the new awareness that these feelings bring 
that will always be exactly what you needed and right on time and in front of the right people, no matter what anyone else says. Feelings don't have to be facts, and yet there's still room for them because they inform our heart, they accentuate our sensitivities, and reveal to us so much about what we want and need. Your feelings, especially the uncomfortable, the awkward, and most undesirable ones, they've always had a message for you. They have a purpose. And when we can meet our feelings on a regular basis, we open ourselves up to hold that space for other people. When it comes to our feelings, there will always be a jewel in the wound. And until next week, make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. Check out this week's playlist on my personal Spotify account and join me on Instagram at Love Letters and Mixtapes. If you enjoyed this episode, consider donating to support this podcast by clicking the link in my Instagram bio.